Welcome to On The Journey, stories for leaders and aspiring leaders. This is your host, Leo Rodriguez. I'm very excited about bringing you a little preview of what this podcast is all about. Behind it, there is a very simple idea, and it is to give you an honest inside view into the experiences of leaders who are in the trenches that are executing and deploying high levels of leadership today, just like you and me. On the Journey is a platform for them to share and for you to learn how they are traversing that journey. And I want to do this by exploring specifically their transition points, whether they were an account executive or an individual contributor and they moved into a leadership role for the first time, or as they progressed into higher levels of leadership in their careers. Through honest, no-holds-barred conversation, I will explore their motivations, their preparation, their mindset, who their mentors were, frameworks, mistakes, thoughts, and advice. So you can put them into action on your own journey. If you're a leader or an aspiring leader, you have a first row seat to my guest experience, almost like if you can join me and together we can pick the brains. So are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to On The Journey. Enjoy. Hey, welcome to season one, episode four of On The Journey, Stories for Leaders and Aspiring Leaders. This is Leo Rodriguez, your host. And today I have a very special episode, like every other episode, but this is a little bit extra because I have a guest that I absolutely adore. I enjoy tremendously working with her. It's one of those leaders that actually you feel energized every time you meet with her. Her name is Julie Cecilio. Julie is a VP of go-to-market enablement at Calibra. She worked for VMware, Cisco, Sun Microsystem, and a few other companies. Has a long, long, outstanding career in leadership. She'll hate me for saying that. But Julie, it's amazing. I met her at Calibra. She ran my go-to-market enablement, and she's an absolute dynamo. She works extremely hard, and she attracts tremendous talent and he's a great, great leader. So in this podcast, we really connect with Julie. We talk about a lot of things. I love when Julie talks about, as a leader, one of the things that she tries to avoid is not to solve all problems with your own solutions. And she tries to bring the experiences of all her people and not, not to try to replicate yourself. Otherwise, you're not going to be capitalizing, and that's the word that she used, capitalizing on their talents and their experience. And, and that, that there is a time when you need to do it, make a decision and move, but she tries to give more direction. She also tries to ask a lot of questions and actually listen to the answer. It's funny that she said a lot of leaders ask questions, but don't, don't listen to, to what the answers are. And, and she says, ask the answers. Otherwise, why, why do you ask questions and try to find out what, are, what is behind the answers? We also have a little bit of a reefing conversation about how to show up for different people. It's not the same for people that are super experienced or people that are new in, in the post or in the job and, and how she manages that. And the one thing that I like, and, and I think you're going to get a lot of value out is what are the things that she focuses on consistently? And she mentions three particularly. And lastly, Julie talks about you know getting it done. It's, it's all about getting it done and not just beating around the bushes. So I really, really enjoy uh, talking to Julie. I'm enormously thankful for her time in this podcast. All of this and a lot more in this wide-ranging conversation with Julie Cecilio. 
enjoy. Julie, welcome to On The Journey. Uh, how are you doing today? Thank you very much. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, great, great. Well, it's a, it's a great pleasure to to have you here. It's when you accepted, I was extremely excited, um, and I wanted to just to, I I couldn't wait to dive into the topics today. But before we do that, I'll I'll try to do it for the audience and for you too. What what this podcast idea is? Yep. Um, and the idea is just to have a contribution to. Um, aspiring leaders, particularly, but also leaders that want to get to the next level. And I don't want to interview, you know, people that already have a platform that, you know, big CEOs and CROs. I want to talk to people like you and me, right, that are in the trenches, that are deploying probably the same level quality of leadership, but maybe don't have a platform and are, are maybe more relatable to, to the audience. So um, that's the idea and, and uh, share your multiple successes and some of the, and some of the pitfalls, you know, along the way. Uh, but it, it is truly a pleasure to be talking to you. And uh, I'm going to, I'm going to start saying that when I met you at Calibra, it, it was to me, it was instant partnership, right? Um, I felt a connection and it does help that I, I'm a big proponent for enablement yes. and a big champion for enablement, but it has all to do with you uh, just being a great partner. You, you have a strong bias for action and, and definitely know, know what you're doing, right? So yeah. um, thanks for being here today. Yeah. Well, thanks for inviting me. I was I was excited to get the uh, to the, get the invite and I'm glad you're doing this too, because you have a great reputation for building teams and and showing people the way and i think this is a great application for you to share that with lots of other people so hopefully this continues yeah. as a program for lots of people to to work with you hopefully hopefully thanks for that i appreciate it yeah. so you, you know you you've, you've had a long trajectory and 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 most of that's, it like Cisco that's a way of saying you're VMware. old julie <laughs> tell us no julie and I, I was i was surprised i was looking at your linkedin profile in a little bit more detail today saying gosh she doesn't have these many years how, how did she do this but i know i know how you did it because you've 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 so focused and 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 developed but you know one, one of the ideas of the podcast is just to focus on the transition points and and i want to go back to when you first became a leader and, and ask you why why what drove you to yeah. get into leadership right was yeah. a tap on the shoulder was something that you seek out actively and just just walk me through that yeah so i i have a very good story about my first manager job but i um i was always yeah, on teams sure. i grew up playing <laughs> yeah i grew up playing mm -hmm. on teams sports teams of yeah. all kinds. And um, right. soccer was my the one that I focused on the, the most and I played through college and um, but I was in, you know, choir or other, other group activities, right? And I always was part of the people who were leading the organization in one way, shape or another. And, and I just liked that. I liked that position. Although I was never a team captain, which I'm not bitter about at all. But anyway, <laughs> so when I took when I when I got my first job out of college, I was actually in retail. I worked at Macy's. Yeah. I ran a department, electronics, if you can believe that. It was back when they sold TVs oh. and Walkmans mm -hmm. and all that. And um, I didn't have a problem organizing people, telling them what to do, right? That wasn't the hard part. The hard part was figuring out how to motivate them. Right. And the very first person that I had to let go he was a super nice man, but he couldn't get to work on time. 
which is a basic thing in retail. Like you have a shift and you have to show up, right? Exactly. <laughs> These are the basics. Yeah. Like you got to do the basics. Yeah. And so I took him back in the stock room and I said, hey, I, I'm sorry, but I have to let you go. And I started crying. I cried. <laughs> and he, <laughs> he ended up consoling me because I felt so bad because I felt like I had failed him, right? I couldn't get – right. and the right. reality was right. he had all kinds of other stuff going on in his life and there were – you know, but, but that was really where I realized leadership wasn't just about giving structure and direction. It was about connecting and understanding the context of people. And then as I went through my journey, you know, you, you just learn more about different people need different kinds of things to be successful. But that, yeah, that was my first manager job. And I, and I cried when I had to lay somebody off. (laughs) No, and and look, it's, it's very, it's very kind of relatable. I think, Mm -hmm. I I think we all struggle with, with our first, you know, performance evaluation or performance uh, firing. But I want to, I want to pull a thread about motivation and mm. i work i work with a coach it was a sports coach actually yep. and, and then became a business coach he said uh talent times emotion equals performance right mm-hmm. and 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 the analogy that he does is that talent your talent is, tends to be or skill or however mm-hmm. you want to call it tends to be kind of mm-hmm. evolved slowly right you don't wake up one morning and you're 100 percent more more talented than the morning before right but emotion runs the gamut yeah like minute by minute yep Yep. (laughs) right you and i know that yep and 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 definitely when you're on a low you want to give your 50 percent, maybe 60 percent. but when you're on a high you can give 110 percent. that's right so the work that you and i do has to do with managing people's emotion or or leading through emotion Mm -hmm. right emotional states etc mindset but i i love the story of your first time as a leader and was was there was was your background in sports that that pushed you into leadership or was something that you really desired to do or how that came about yeah i I mean i've always felt comfortable in leadership roles it's a certain type of pressure that right right. that i think some people like and some people don't i've i've throughout my career i've gone back and forth between individual contributor roles and and leading teams and i also think that's a really good thing to do as well because you get that perspective you know, and and every time I have I've been an individual contributor, it was a conscious decision on my part, and right. I missed leading the team. But mm-hmm. your focus is very different, right? What, <laughs> what you're spending your days doing is very different, and your successes are different than when you're leading a team. the The successes are about the team and the contribution the team is making to the business objectives, but it's also about seeing an individual grow, and achieve something they never thought they could do or grow their career. So that sets them up for other things in their personal lives that they are able to do that maybe they thought they wouldn't ever be able to do. There's those things that aren't really about the job. Let's just say it that way, right? It's about helping individuals develop and have lots of opportunities in their lives. Yeah, I think that's that's the... To me, when when you become a leader, that's sort of the fulfillment, right? Mm-hmm. So seeing people grow and and develop. You, you mentioned something that is interesting, and and I see a lot of leaders, or particularly new leaders, kind of trip and fail at the beginning. Is your day to day when you're an individual contributor versus a leader are very different, yes. right? And and I think you and I know that a lot of people in their minds when they are not leaders or they are thinking about transitional leaders, simple, like I'll do more of what I do. Exactly. I'll get people doing exactly the way I do it. Yep. 
I just need to get them doing, I just multiply myself, right? right? So can you describe for, for fellows, fellow audience members mm -hmm. that want to get into leadership and have that mental image, yep. what's, what's the difference? Like, what do you do day to day today as a leader or leader of leaders that, that as an individual contributor, you don't, right? right? I have some ideas, but I want to hear you. Right. Yeah. So I think one of the things that's really different is trying not to solve all the problems with your own solutions. When, when you're an individual contributor, right, you have a problem, a task, a project, whatever, an objective you're trying to solve for, and you put a plan together and you, and you deliver it. But when you have other people around you on your team, part of the reason we hire other people on the team is because they're going to solve things differently. They're going to bring different experiences, different skills, different perspectives, mindsets. And so if I'm just replicating a whole bunch of Julie's, <laughs> as great as that is, right, that doesn't capitalize on the benefit of having all those different kinds of people around you, right? And so I, I tend to set direction and then I try to remember to ask more questions than I do give direction. Right. But so, sometimes right. I, I just direct and go because at some point you just have to make that decision as a leader. But other times it's more about, well, what, how would you solve the problem? What would you recommend? How can I, how can I help you? What do you need from me? Right. And I think that's an important distinction. And then be willing to listen to the answers. <laughs> that's another thing too, right? Sometimes we just, we ask the question, but then we don't maybe even ask the second question. Well, why, why do you need that? How is that going to help? What, you know, what else can I do? And then the other thing as a leader is my job is to break down barriers for the team so they can get stuff done. One of my mentors that I had at Cisco who, who now is publishes books and does all kinds of stuff. She's amazing. And she runs right. customer experience for, um, for Salesforce, Karen Mangia. And she was my first formal mentor when I was ever, I think. And she actually is younger than I am, and but she was super successful, and I couldn't figure out how to get out of the box of, but I'm doing my job really well. Why aren't I getting right. promoted? Why aren't I getting a team? Why aren't I get right? Because I'm doing my job really well, so don't I get promoted for that? <laughs> you know, Don't I get a team for that? Don't I get... She was the first person who really said, look, you got to think about a couple things. One is, what is your brand? What do you want other people to know you for? other executives, other leaders. And the second was, who do you have in the leadership chain that you're connected to? Mm -hmm. So that when you do need to break down barriers, when you do need help, you've got people to go to that can advocate for you in the room when you're not there or your you and your team, whatever, right? All of those things. And I had never really thought about the fact that it's not just about doing more activity. It's about, right, right let it, connecting with the landscape and understanding the context and then being able to tell that story back to your team and then setting them up for success, success to, to deliver against it. Well, I'll take, I'll take uh, the last five minutes and pay you royalties on it because you drop a few things that are fantastic. I think for, for new leaders and existing too, I, I'll, I'll pull a couple of threads, but you, know, not, you said it with very clear words. Is, is not, or trying not to solve all the problems with your own solutions. I mean, you get to solve problems, but- right. The solution is not going to be yours particularly. And one of the worst things you can do is just kill people, initiative and creativity with directing your own solution yep. versus opening the, the space or the road. And the, the other thing, and we'll talk 
and mentorship and and advocacy has been like a big theme on yes. all my guests, particularly you're the third woman. I have fourth podcast and episode, and I'm very proud of that. Yes. You talk about network and breaking barriers. I think one of the things that that leaders sometimes it takes them a while is your team. You look down, and and that's your team, the people that reports to you, right. and and we work on this at, at Calibra together. It's like your team is actually your, your peers. side, yeah, the people, your peers that are going to help you execute, right. right? That's that's your team. The people that reports to you is also your team, but it's a different yep. kind of relationship, right? Right. Right. Yeah. yeah, I think that idea of having other people advocate for you when you're not in the room. It's such a clear exactly. picture for me. And and not just like, oh, I know Julie can get it done or Julie and her team can get it done. It's more about understanding the context, right? Preparing your stakeholders and sponsors to understand what you're trying to accomplish and how you're going to help them be successful, like your stakeholders and sponsors, right? right? If 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 they help you, you're you are better able to help them, and and there's all of that. But there's a lot of work that takes a lot of work. And if I do that well, it makes the work that my team that reports to me, the right. work they're doing, easier and more effective, mm -hmm. which gives them strength to continue to grow, right? And all of that. So it's a it's a nice um it's a closed loop. Yeah. As you develop as a leader, if if you can share one or two go to frameworks that you have. Yep that you use and you put in place. And when I say frameworks, it's like little kind of box methods, right? When I get is, how do you give feedback? Yep. You know, I, I use the SBI method or mm. framework, or how do I manage performance? I use the will continuum. So so what, what are some of those that yeah. you can describe? Maybe one or two, that's fine. Um, so I'll just say you're way more structured than I am. So I'll just say. <laughs> <laughs> which I've known since day one that, that we, we had the opportunity to work together. Um, yeah, I remember yes, that. you're very structured, which is one of the things that I really uh, makes it easy to work with you. But um, there's something when you were talking about talent plus emotion, right? The, the thing that I always look at is attitude plus effort. And, and that's an important, an important thing. How you show up is, is as important as what you deliver. And I think coaching people through that is really important. If I have somebody who's really delivering and executing, but nobody knows about it, they don't speak in meetings, they're not comfortable being in front of the room, they don't want to, you know, they don't want to kind of step into the space, it's going to be harder for them to grow. Or if they have a more negative attitude about the environment they're in, they're not going to see as much opportunity, right? So there's attitude yeah. plus effort for me has, I always look at both of those things. The second thing that I love is I, I used to teach a course at Santa Clara University, leadership business skills. And I, I only I only taught it as an adjunct for, for a couple of years, but I've carried the syllabus, I guess, with me, right? And it's based on the leadership challenge yeah. is the name of the right. book. And Jim Coozes mm -hmm. and Barry Posner are the two. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I know those guys. Yeah. yeah, I read the book. Yeah. I remember now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So there's it's a little thick, thick book. It's thick, yeah. And of, there's a whole yeah, workbook yeah. that goes with it, and you can really, you know, people can yes. take it and do, yeah. do it with their teams. But yeah. the five tenets of that, right, are model the way. So one, expect your team to follow the way you act. Yeah, right? it's not necessarily what you say, it's, it's just it's how, how you, you act, act and, and, and exactly. Right? Yeah. And yeah. then the piece of inspiring a shared vision. So again, mm -hmm. I can't just tell, it has to be a collective group effort. It's something that other people can buy into and, and really 
take hold of as their own. Challenge the process is the third thing. And uh-huh. that's always like sort of having that learner mindset or that growth mindset all the time. How can we do it better, yeah. faster, smarter? Just because we used to do it that way doesn't mean we always have to. So I think that's really important. Um, enabling others to act. So really making sure you're getting that collaboration. And to your point, right, the team, mm-hmm. your peers, but also yeah, your own yeah. individual reporting folks, and then encouraging the heart, which is kind of the the emotional part of it that you were that you were referencing. And so I use that those five in a way of of really kind of thinking about how I how I build my teams and. I try to remember to do it in an organized way, in a very structured way like you do, but I'm not as structured. I tend to do a lot of things through my gut, I guess is more the best way to say it. More, yeah, I'm more, yeah, yeah, I'm more creative and, and, and through my gut, yeah. but then I depend on having people around me who are more structured. And so it's a good balance, right? Yeah, I think, I think you're perfectly right. And if I, I, I extrapolate that when I work with you for a few months and then make a kind of came on board a Calibra, mm-hmm. like she's, she's as structured as they come yes. at least that's what i got and yep. besides like doing things different the way than, than you did it 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 complements you really really well yep. so I, I think that also speaks about the ability as a leader to bring people that is not a, a clone Carbon of copy. yourself yep. but they can yeah they can bring different skills right yep. uh, that's one of the things i personally sometimes struggle uh, myself, just just when when I hire, etc. I, I try to look for my traits instead of looking for their traits, right. and I, I guess I need a bit more evolution. Yeah, so. yeah. I think that's the that's a that is an important an important thing. The other the third thing that I do as far as a, a approach is just I I got to my current position in sales enablement and go to market enablement through change management, and I spent a mm, lot of time okay. building skills as a as a change manager and as you know everything we do these days is about change every single thing yes yeah and so really thinking about that process of right who what are the outcomes what are the what's the impact who is it impacting and then how do you get from here to there right and kind of being method and so those i think those are the three things that i I use on a regular basis, whether I do it intuitively or I do it very directedly. Mm-hmm. Those are the those are the three things that I use on a regular basis. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I think any any leader today that doesn't have a modicum of understanding of change management, it's it's very challenged because you know you and I know things change all the time, every month, every quarter. Take me back to a, a big blunder the uh one of the big julie's blunder like you made in your career probably i mean we've we've made more than than we can count off but any anyone that comes to mind that you had to live with you know it's funny i i don't have any really i'm sorry i don't have any really big ones um but but i've done things where when i was running a large program and i've I've put a budget together right (laughs) and yeah. And had to sell it, and you know something was off. I've, I mean, I, th- I think from a management perspective, I mean, I've hired people that that weren't a good fit, right? right. And I, I think right. that's yeah. that's a hard one to get over because it takes a lot of effort to get there, and you have a lot of. And you you want to make it work. You want to make wanna it commit work. Commit to the person. You want to make it work, no yep. matter what. Yep. And there's 
the performance is just around the corner. Right, right? exactly. It always seems like Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And it's like, well, if I could just... I totally relate. Yeah, if I could just do one more thing to help them get to that, or I could... And I think, unfortunately, being part of a leadership team is sometimes you have to cut the cord faster. And then it might not be about people. It might be about a program or a customer that you're pursuing or whatever, right? You and, and, and being willing to be honest about what the opportunities are and then making decisions faster is probably something I work with, I, I work on all the time, whether it's about hiring people or trying to keep a project alive that maybe was a good idea at one point and now just really is not, right? <laughs> and doing that assessment more regularly and just making decisions to, you know what, it didn't work, let's move on, whatever, for whatever, yeah. you know, I think those are, those are my bigger challenges on a, on a regular basis. Yeah, I totally relate. One of the things that I try to do when we were in Calibra and, and before and after is, you know, at the end of every particular cycle, whether a month or a quarter, I ship, I do it myself and I ship my leaders to say, okay, what did you learn and which one of those right. are you going to pick and improve and, and, and get better, right? Yep. So that's, uh, that's important. I'm, I'm going to change direction a little bit, but one of the things I... I think young leaders or, or early leaders, mm -hmm. let's put it, early leaders mm -hmm. struggle with is, is establishing credibility and mm -hmm. this, this kind of mental block that you have to be in there, done that to, to actually be credible. How do you learn or develop uh, sort, of, sort of building credibility with your team? I mean, anytime you step into a new role with a with an existing team and you're trying to build credibility with them, is that what you're, is that what you're referring to? Is like you're trying to build credibility with your team? Yeah. Well, the, the number one thing is say what you're going to do and then do it. <laughs> That's that to me is the number one thing yeah. with yeah. with a team is it, it builds credibility, even if I'm wrong and then and then owning it if you're wrong. I, again, back to model the way. Mm -hmm. Try to understand where people are. What is their perspective? Validate that perspective and then do what you say you're going to do. And then if, right. if, if it doesn't work or you're you're wrong own own that with them and be transparent because then it, it i think it creates a much more free environment where people will feel like they can challenge you and and back to our conversation at the beginning is you know if you're going to hire different kinds of people and you want them to bring their diversity of thought to the table or whatever then you have to create an open environment where they they feel like hey i can challenge this person and still be right. safe you know, there's a lot of conversation about emotional safety, professional safety, right? That gets talked about. There's books about them. And I mm -hmm. think that that's an mm -hmm. important component as well is, is making people comfortable with who I am and my door's always open. I think that's another thing. Yeah. Like I'm accessible, even if it's late or early or I'm in a meeting and if something's important, let's, you know, I'll, I'll clear my plate. You started with a very important phrase is like, you know, say what you're going to do and do what you say mm -hmm. you're going to do in my orchestrated way of seeing the job is is it's called behavioral integrity right so mm -hmm. you know if you're going to follow up with something and you promise to do it just do it not only on the big things but also actually on the small things that impact individuals yep. it's it's absolutely critical right when you send people off to do stuff and you don't follow up or check in um thinking that they're going to get done it's 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 another kind of issue, right? Yep. So having a little book or a little kind of word file where, where you file your things are important. It is, yeah. it is, it is. And the, and then, I mean, that, and that goes for even you know, people's personal lives. I mean, we all spend a good 
bunch of our time at our job, but it doesn't mean we leave our personal stuff at the door. Right. And so Mm -hmm. sometimes people need just to vent in your one-on-ones. They just need to check in there, you know, and giving people the opportunity to do that, I think is important. It can't be all about like, did you do everything I asked you to do? Like that, that's a one-way management style. Um, that has not worked for me. (laughs) I just don't, I don't get the best out of people. And usually actually, if I'm, if I'm that directive with somebody, it means that their performance is at risk, right? Because I'm trying to get them down over something. And that's not the best place to be in. I think really connecting with people on a personal level is, is important. And that's how you build the credibility. And I think the more the, the more old old school dictatorial kind of kind of leadership styles are are you know are getting out of practice in in new generations don't react well. I I can tell you because I have two of those in my home yes. and it just doesn't fly no. right. Um, you don't get you, you don't you don't get the kind of follow through with that. And that's an interesting point. Yeah. As a side segue, you know, there's shortly going to be five generations in the workforce. Yes. Five. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Like, you know, and so we, we, as leaders, how do you engage all those different kinds of people? They all have different expectations. How do they, so I think the only way to really drive that is to understand what individual people on your team need and try to help support them in some amount. I mean, it doesn't mean you have to have personal individualized (laughs) engagement models with every single person on your team, but you just, we do have to allow for the fact that if, if I have somebody who's been in a career for 30 years versus somebody who's been in a career for three, I've got to come to the table and show up a bit differently. Well, one of the things I, 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 I totally hear you is, I think, I think you describe like, you can't just be so personalized. You, you're going to kind of burn out trying to have different styles. I, I rely more on, on integrity in the sense that, mm-hmm. you know, you communicate the way you communicate and have a set of values that that you let people know mm-hmm. um, and you're true to those values. I think that that does 80% of the work yep. on its own. Yep. If you, if you try to tell everyone a story that they like to hear, the people, the, the people will see through it. it. Exactly. And, and you're going to come through as a kind of, you know, accommodating to, right. to everybody. And, and, you gotta also be as a leader. You, you give me your feedback, but as a leader, you gotta be also comfortable with the fact that your value set and and your, your sorry your your brand it's not gonna jive with everybody. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I mean, some people it's not gonna like what you have to sell. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I don't know if you if you agree. Yeah. In your job, in enablement, that's that's your your gig. But as a leader. What are the three to what are the three things that you're looking at? Like your job depends on it. Like what what are the things that you're kind of constantly looking at in the team or in your job, your metrics, mm. whatever it may be, mm. that you're consistently like really, really like like are out of the backbone of yep. of your work, right? That without those don't deliver performance. So the first thing is st- stakeholder requirements. For yeah. for my team okay. in particular. You're you're very attuned to that. Yeah. I, I noticed that. Yeah, yeah. I think, the, and, and just in the work that we do, and I would say this is probably true for anybody who's running a program or a project at a company, or if you're, you know, if you're putting a project together to close business with a customer, right? All of those things, you right. you, you need to understand what the outcome is that, the, that that stakeholder is looking for and what is your contribution to their outcome. 
And then when you come back with a solution to that, get them to sign off on it. Yeah, you do that very well too. Yeah. <laughs> and then back to the, you know, if things aren't working, own it. Have some thick skin. It's okay. Things aren't always going to work. Um, and I think that's okay. But you got to sort of throw the spaghetti at the wall sometimes and see if it sticks. Um, right. And sometimes right. it's it's not going to stick. <laughs> you know, it's going to just be a mess. And it's like, okay, that didn't work. Let's let's fix it. So that having the stakeholder, it's really important. The other thing is understanding where the the organization is trying to go. Where is the company trying the to go? The strategic direction. The strategic right, direction, right? right? And so yeah. bridging bridging both of those things, and then I'm a big racy person. I love roles and responsibilities. I like understanding, you know, what's my lane? Frameworks. Yeah. You, you were telling me that you were telling me that I'm, I'm structured, but you, you love racing. I do like, love racing. I think I've seen a race. Yes. Yeah. So, so what is racing for the audience? What it, what uh, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a roles and responsibility framework. Um, exactly. And right. yeah. And so it's responsible, accountable, consulted or informed. And, you know, it's interesting. And I wonder if this is partly because we're so in a social media age, like everybody feels like they get to have a voice about everything. And a lot of times you want to just say, thank you for your input, but you are in this consultant inform category, right? Like I, I've got to get this thing out the door. So as you mentioned, I have a bias for action. So I like stuff to get, get over, get it done. Right. And so the, the easiest yeah. way to do that is to understand what is your role? What is my role? What is my team's role in this particular situation? Because otherwise mm -hmm. I can't set them up for success if I don't understand right. what the, uh, expect, expectation is. So yeah, roles and responsibilities to me is super, super important. And I noticed that. And, and, and again, for, for those that are not familiar with the RACI, you can just Google it as RACI matrix. And mm -hmm. I actually started using it more after working with you yep. because it wasn't, it wasn't like in my, it wasn't my tool belt, but I, it wasn't like something my go-to. And, and now like I'm writing a RACI right now for demos Yay. and stuff. And, <laughs> job and, and, uh, right. And, and it's yeah. exactly the same thing that you say, like, like people, like not all the voices have the same weight yep. on a particular project. Yep. And, and, but that the, as a leader, you can't just throw your hands and say, well, or, or, or create unnecessary conflict. Just people need to know, like, you're, you're going to be consulting on this. You, you're going to be yep. informed on this, but there's no, not necessarily way to push, to push the project in another direction. Right. Um, so no, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. 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 And I think also um, for the team, you don't want somebody on your team working on something that they shouldn't be working on, right? Like if, if they're in the C or the I category, then help them understand what that means and what the expectation is. Exactly. Yeah. Versus, you know, and, and that'll flow downstream to how much time they should spend on it and effort and all that stuff, right? Because they sh we all need to spend our time on the things that we are responsible and accountable for and less so on things that we're consulted and informed about, right? Like I might need to know about it, but it's something I'm going to read, you know, it's bedtime reading versus like, I'm going to spend all Monday morning building a whole project plan right. around it or something, you know? And yeah. I think people, we don't have that conversation very well often. I find like everybody shows up and it looks like everybody has the same level of responsibility for something. It's like, well, that's not actually how that works. Well, that, that's exactly where I'm doing this podcast because I think the degradation and leadership quality, you, you see it, I see it in the world uh, at the highest levels and mm -hmm. also the small level. So it, this is a contribution to try to make people, you know, expect you mentioned expectations, like 
setting clear expectations. You, yeah. you can do 80% of your job with two or three things at the beginning, just setting mm-hmm. clear expectation, a clear vision, connect with the strategy, yep. repeat. I spoke, I, I wrote a post this morning in LinkedIn about repetition. Like leaders don't realize many times, like the amount of repetition that you need to make yep. on, on what you want to get done. It's not just one time and show a PowerPoint and it's going to get done. No, you get to just repeat it That's consistently. That's right. All right, so so we're flying a plane, and we're, we're 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 we see we see the we see the the landing strip. So we're we're almost there, and I appreciate it. like all, all the things you've said have been pure gold, Julie. I, I think it's just great contribution. One one of the things I I haven't got the chance to ask some other uh, guests, but mindset. You you're big on on managing mindset. You talk about emotion, but yep. how do you manage your own mindset as a leader? Because you have a lot of responsibilities. Mm-hmm. You know your 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 team one. You know some sometimes it's not so aligned. There is a lot of change above. Yep. You work an insane amount of hours. I'm 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 first. You know, first hand knowledge. On yes. How much you work? Yeah. My husband would so not So how do you manage your you. mindset? I yeah. um. So I think there's a there's a couple things and and at, at different times in in the calendar year I'm better at it. Oftentimes when we're starting the year or a new quarter kicks in, right? Is is blocking time for either just thinking, <laughs> right? Like just yeah. let me yeah. process stuff. Let me, you know, um, and it can be over lunch or it can be out taking a walk or whatever. I think that's super important. The other is exercise, making sure you're taking care of yourself because at the end of the day, it's a job. And you wanna make sure that you keep in perspective what it is you're trying to accomplish for your your life right. and your well-being and that is also i have found as a, as a woman leader in particular it's hard other women need role models of women who are balancing a lot of stuff right and and taking time for yourself or telling the team you're taking a vacation or whatever is really important because that doesn't it doesn't get talked about a lot and so i think that that's really important being transparent with people about how you do some self-care and keep your mindset right focused those are a couple things and i and i think having a network is really important whether it's peers right like you are for for me at, at calibra or you know having people that you can ping and just and just check in and be like hey i heard this in this meeting are you do right am i reacting right wrong how are you seeing this right just doing taking time to to check uh right. to do some right. gut checks with folks right um at the company keep your networks from other companies super important right um because sometimes we get super tunnel visioned about where we are and what we're doing and we forget Absolutely. to look up yeah <laughs> yeah guilty of guilty of that yeah. Absolutely. We, we all are. I mean, we're all just going 100 yeah. miles an hour. And I think it's important to, to, to make those connections and keep those networks alive. So I think those are some of the big things. And then posit, be positive. Having a positive mental attitude is important. I, I agree. And, and, and all of those are, are learned skills, right? So, so, so picking time to think, I think if you don't put time, and I'm, I'm guilty of that. And, and, and it's like, if you're not putting time to think about current issues or or a, a tough problem, you're doing a disservice to your team, yep. to yourself. Yep. You know, exercise it 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 is it goes without saying, but also, you know, positive attitude. It's it it just 
it's a it's a tough one because sometimes you 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 don't have the escape vault to valve to emote and don't necessarily need to do it in front of your team. Yeah. You, you mentioned something as a as a woman leader, and and I want to I want to take a little detour before we land on on the last question. But okay. have have you had to break through ceilings and and definitely all the time. You probably have, but how do you experience being a woman in the in the world? Yep. Like, like has been, has has it been a problem, or or, or an issue? Not so much over the last five years, but okay, the, it's gotten the better, ten years before that, I, there were many times, especially as I was building my career as a leader, where I was the only woman in the room. M- mm-hmm. Many times, yeah. And back to the sports analogy, right? I, and I know all men do not play sports. I understand that. But oftentimes that is a way to connect. There is, there is a, there's a lingo or a language that, that does connect people sometimes. If you're a musician, you have that. If you, right, like there's things that you have to look for to connect with. Mine happens to be sports. But I think finding right. that other, other way to connect with people, finding commonalities between those, the men in the room whatever it is that works for you, that's your comfort zone, I think is, is important because it allows people to see you through a different perspective. And so you build a bit right. of rapport like that. I have been in meetings where somebody disagreed with me, a, a man who was in a role that was probably two clicks more senior than I, I was. Mm-hmm. And I was the only yeah. woman in the room and he went after me because he didn't agree with something that I was delivering or doing. And right, right, right. it was horrifying. That was a horrifying experience, right? It was not just for me, for even everybody else around me. I had multiple people come out to me afterwards and they were like, well, then stand up right in the meeting. Don't let it happen. Don't observe, take, you know, take an active role. And I think people are learning that more like people, we talk a lot more about bias and Mm -hmm. we see people advocating for other people that are may or may not be like them. And I, and I see more men, you're one of them, who are very intentional about opening doors for women in a way, not in the way that, not literally, but more giving space yeah. to allow different, and it's not yeah. just women, it's different, all different kinds of people, right? We all wear multiple things. We're not, none of us are defined by one thing, but I think in general, there needs to be more advocates in the room. And I think that's starting to happen. Yeah. Yeah, and I appreciate that answer. Um, I, I think, I, I think I, I know firsthand that you're you're not a victim, and and you approach things. But I I can definitely sense that certain certain times in your life you you felt that discrimination or or that pushback. And yep. my my message to the audience, particularly men, is you don't have to be perfect. You got to be intentional. You said That's it, right. intentional, right? Is the intention? Not everything is going to be a home run. Some people don't like to be you know, spoken for or supported. They, they just don't want it or they, they take offense with it, but right. just building the space so people feel safe. Um, yep. it's, it's, it's critically important to develop as a leader. So I want to I wanna start closing this out. So I want to ask a little bit of a brainy question. You can take a few seconds to think about, but if you look back in your sort of early years, formative years, mm-hmm. right, when you're, teenager, maybe a little bit later, mm. what episode you can think about that informs your leadership style today? Mm-hmm. What what happened back then that today you can reference 
back and say that situation informs my X, my mm -hmm. uh, resilience, my style, my approach. Do, do you have one of those? Yeah, I, I have a couple. It's funny. I have a very clear like visual memory of working on something at, in high school. It was, um, I was in choir and right. we used to build these big productions and I showed up to help. I think probably more than everybody else did. I don't know why I just was interested in it or something. And we were building sets and yeah. sewing costs, like doing all of that. And all of a sudden I got recognition from the teacher and other people. Right. And I, it's not that mine was the best by far, but I was just there. I was participating and I was showing up and I was contributing and asking, how can I help? And I, that was the first time that I really realized effort is important and just showing up is important sometimes. And so I started to encourage that with other people that I, that I was with or teams I'm on, right? Like if, if you haven't figured it out, just, it's okay. Just show up, right? It, it, we'll get there. Show up. Yeah. yeah. Just show up. That was one that was really, really important. And, and the other thing was when I was playing soccer in college, you know, I got to my senior year and lo and behold, I wasn't the star player anymore, right? The new, the new kids had come along and they, got the starting yeah. job, you know, and I was riding pine and sitting on the bench and that's a hard transition for people. It's a really right. hard transition. Right. And so I really had to take a good look at, well, is this where I want to spend my time? If I'm not, mm -hmm. you know, is it being on the team or is it being on the field during the game? Like what is the more important thing? Right. And, right. and I, I really made a decision. I, did, I didn't want to be on the team anymore. And that was hard because that's a whole, that's a whole social structure and a whole bunch of other things, but, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it freed up space for me to work on other things. I got a job, right. you know, I took some different classes. There were different things that I was able to do because I walked away from something. And I think helping people understand that, you know what, sometimes if this isn't working, that doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. It might just be, this isn't the, the time right now for that to be done. Let's, right. <laughs> let's cut bait and move on. Right. And so yeah. those, I yeah. think those two yeah. things like just show up and then make sure you take the time to really change course. If you think that that's the right thing to do. I suspect the second one is, is playing a big, a big role right yeah. now in your life. Yeah. I want to close just by celebrating you a little bit. Um, I have a tremendous respect and admiration for the work you've done. Um, it's one of the things I took from from Calibra with me, um, you're you're part of my network, but you're also making an impact on everybody around you. It's it's just incredible. You're getting you're deploying very very high quality leadership, and these I, I know you're a very busy woman, and you you gave me this this hour and plus to for the podcast. So I hope I can honor that by sharing it and getting an audience. But I I want to really thank you for your time and what you've dropped here has been pure gold. I hope we have a Oh, I, so we nice. have a round two at some point. Yeah, uh, I'd love to. And, and very much appreciate I'd it. I'd love to. I'd love to. I, and I think it's nice to have an opportunity in a forum like this to step back and think about it. Like I said, I, I tend to be more um, innate with a lot of what I do. And I it's nice to kind of take a step back and think about like, oh, what is it that you, you know, and how are you intentional about what you do? I, I think that's important. So thanks for giving me the the platform to to think about that and talk about it with you and I'd love to, yeah, come back sometime. I'm looking forward to your your program really taking off. This is a great space and yeah. people need it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Julie. I, I really enjoyed it and uh, see, you, see you next time. Yeah, see you soon. Okay. 
Hey, thanks for listening. If you like this or any other episode of On The Journey podcast, please subscribe, like, or comment in your favorite podcast platform. This episode of On The Journey's idea, writing, recording, and production was created by me, Leo Rodriguez, and it was edited by Martes Multimedia, owned by Ricardo Urdaneta. You can find Martes Multimedia or Ricardo Urdaneta through Upwork.